I need a mea culpa on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Their offense seems broken again. Locked on Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We always appreciate it, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. On today's show, the Hawkeyes are a broken football team. Some of you are going to say, "I told you so." I uh, got some Big Ten notes and also our Tuesday tweets to have some fun at the end. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, let's back up a little bit. My feelings on Iowa are very much on the record on this podcast. You can go all the way back to late June, early July when we started, when we took over this channel. And you could dial up numerous podcasts where I'm talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I have always said, if Iowa can just raise the level of its offense to mediocre, just average, to just not stinking, just kind of be there okay, that they can ride their defense home and win a lot of football games and play complimentary football. They They won games last year doing this. And again, with just a horrible offense. And last year, this year, there's you can make the argument there are statistically they're worse than they were at this point last year. You can't. Um, the, the, the numbers are out there. They don't lie. And they still won eight ball games last year doing this, including a 21-0 win over Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. So logic would dictate improve the offense a little bit, and then the sky's the limit, right? Many of you out there agreed with me on that. We got a lot of loyal Iowa Hawkeye fans that check out Locked On Big Ten all the time, and I love you guys for it. Appreciate it. We're good. We're going to stick together on this deal, okay? It's it's tough for you. I know. But many agreed with that philosophy. Improve the, de- the offense a little. The defense will get you home um, and just be a little bit better than, than the Hawkeyes have been the past couple of years. And by the way, I stand by that philosophy. I stand by it just hasn't happened it just hasn't happened look it would seem logical that bringing in a proven if not spectacular uh quarterback in Cade McNamara from Michigan that would solve a lot of the problems his pedigree after all included a Big Ten championship and a college football playoff appearance for the Wolverines Uh, Iowa fans he that you would love it if he could do the same thing there at Iowa no question so Where are we at at this point? The problem is, at least through four games, Cade McNamara uh, McNamara has under-delivered. He is under-delivered for the Hawkeyes. He hasn't looked great by any stretch of the imagination in Iowa's first three games. Let's let's look at the first three games first, and then we'll get back and talk about what what we saw happen Saturday night against Penn State. You know, in Iowa's 
biggest and best offensive output of the entire season. That was their 41 to 10 win over Western Michigan in week three. I don't think I've ever seen a team score 41 points with a quarterback who only completed nine passes for 103 yards and had two interceptions ever. Maybe one of the military academies who only run wishbone and don't throw the ball. Maybe, maybe I'm hard pressed to see a situation where a team scored 41 points and had quarterback stats that low. I was watching that game as many of you were last weekend and Everybody was kind of excited. Okay, cool. We finally got a 41-point game. But didn't you kind of feel uneasy about it with what you saw versus what the actual score was? I've seen a lot of football, and a lot of you have written me, and a lot of you will write me again on this and say that it's coordinator Brian Ferentz. It's his fault, not Cade McNamara. And maybe that's true. Maybe both are true. And Because this has been going on for like three years now. And McNamara just got there. So you may have a valid point. As you all know, and for those who are listening that don't know, uh, Brian Ferentz and, and Iowa, they must average 25 points a game in order for Ferentz to keep his job. Brian Ferentz, not Kirk Ferentz. And getting that shutout, uh, getting shut out against Penn State last week isn't going to help. They're behind schedule now. They're really behind schedule. So here's what I did. Again, I'm trying to d- decipher is this Brian Ferentz's fault? Is this Kate McNamara's fault? Where, where can we find the problem that needs to be fixed? So I went back and I looked back at McNamara's best year at Michigan. That clearly was 2021. He completed 64% of his passes there had 15 touchdowns and six interceptions and averaged 7.9 yards per attempt. Remember that number, 7.9. This year at Iowa, he has only completed 50% of his passes. That's horrible. He's got four touchdowns and three interceptions through four games. But he's averaging 5.4 yards per attempt. He's gone from 7.9 a couple of years ago to 5.4. That's two and a half yards per pass attempt. That is a major statistical drop-off at quarterback. Major. And this year's stats so far, two of the four games are against Utah State and Western Michigan. It's not like it's the gauntlet of the Big Ten schedule yet. Penn State was the first super tough test that they had. And by the way, how did he do when he faced that that Penn State team? Well, he only completed five of 14 passes for 42 yards and no touchdowns. This This isn't a conference game. You can't have it. And by the way, it was cold and raining on both sidelines. Okay. Drew Allard threw four touchdown passes on the other side. It's it's bad. And that wasn't the only problem. Uh, LaShawn Williams is a hard-running running back. He rushed six times, got nine yards. Kamari Moulton rushed six times for 18 yards. That was the rushing attack. That was it. Plus the bad news from the week before, starting tight end Luke Lachey probably lost for the season, and the next man up is Michigan transfer Eric All at tight end. Now, he's been playing some this year, but he's been AWOL. And, look, the good news is he was Iowa's leading receiver Saturday night against Penn State. Bad news is he only had three catches for 35 yards, and he lost one of Iowa's six fumbles, and it was in the red zone. 
even more head scratching to me is that th- this is the stat that blows me away. Iowa only ran 33 plays in that game on Saturday night. 33. You know how many Penn State ran? 97. I've never seen a 60 play difference. Uh, I just I looked at the last five years in FBS. It's never happened. It's never happened. I mean, it's, we're setting records here at Iowa. <laughs> they didn't even get 100 yards of total offense against Penn State. Delaware, a few weeks ago, came in and got 140 yards. A little tiny Delaware. They came in and got 140 yards of offense against Penn State. Iowa couldn't get 100. Iowa had the same amount of turnovers as first downs. Four. That's incredible. Penn State tripled Iowa's time of possession in the game. And this is in front of a national television audience. You know me. I've been, look, I've been rooting Iowa on. I like the program. Um, I actually know Kirk Ferentz from back in the day. It's hard to watch. And look, you Iowa diehards out there, I'm not telling you anything new. You guys have been complaining about this for a couple of years. I really thought Cade McNamara could come in here and just raise the level a little bit on the offense. Problem solved. Win, Win some more football games. That hasn't happened. Now, there's also the issue that McNamara hasn't been totally healthy this year. And like I said, he hasn't looked right yet. He's had that quad problem that he had early in camp, missed most of camp, no chemistry with the offense. But, you know, Iowa fans, they don't want to hear it. They, they, they are like, look, he's healthy enough to be out there. He's got to perform. It seems like the offense is overly simplified. They're not opening up the full playbook. And I don't know that Iowa has the offensive weapons to take the top off of a defense, to be honest with you. I'm not, it's, it's, it's a head scratcher. I don't know where Iowa goes from here. It feels like it's rock bottom. It feels like it's just as bad as last year. It feels like it might even be worse than last year right now. The Iowa offense looks absolutely broken, but I will say that if I'm I'm trying, I'm always trying to look for a bright spot, no matter who I'm talking about in the big 10. Hawkeye fans, you're three and one. Okay. There are a lot of teams that would like to be three and one. So that's good. And you're taking on a Michigan State team next. They may have more problems than Iowa. Michigan State, their offense is out of sync. They got their whole coaching situation with Mel Tucker. It's an absolute disaster there. So, and a home game at Kinnick Stadium. So, I look, Iowa very well could go to 4-1 and one with, with the play, with the offense that they've had these first few games. So, some good news, silver lining, if you will. Love to get your comments on Twitter at Talk Big Ten number 10, or hit me up there on YouTube. I know I'm going to hear from you, Iowa fan. I'm good or bad, I know I'm going to hear from you on this one. So uh, I welcome it. Bring it on. And we'll have other news to share around the Big Ten. Plus, again, I'm keeping an eye on the Husker quarterback situation moving forward. I think it's going to be very interesting. And we'll close it out having some fun with our Tuesday tweets. All that's still coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten. Game time. Got to tell you about game time. You know, if you're going to an event, the last thing you want to do is worry about tickets, right? Game time is fast, and it's an easy way to buy tickets. You get the app and everything. It's a couple of taps on your phone, and you're good to go. They've got last-minute tickets, flash deals, 
zone deals. You can see right there on your phone the view of the seat that you're about to buy a ticket for. So you got everything right at your fingertips. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, which is, hey, I used to live in Los Angeles. Nobody shows up to anything on time because the traffic's so bad. You need a ticket like an hour after something started, boom, game time has it for you. Uh, so you can find all these last second ticket, uh, uh, last second seats, and you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater. Basically, if it's an event and it needs a ticket, you can get it with the Game Time app. Now, the zone deals I told you about a minute ago. You pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats, and that's an average of 18% in savings right there. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference on the price of the tickets. How about that? So here's what you do. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On College uh, for the code. And it gets you $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On College. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L. E-G-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's talk about something. We spent a lot of time talking about Iowa and their woeful performance against Penn State. Let me tell you what this has done now for Penn State and uh, their defensive statistics, if you will. Um, so after this game, in which they only gave up 76 yards to the Hawkeyes and shut them out. Penn State is now the number one team in the country in total defense, right? They have uh, had 215 defensive plays this year, only given up 878 yards. That's 219 and a half yards per game. That's the best. And 11 forced turnovers. And their defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, good job. Good job. Got a nice defense, got a nice scheme, got a lot of depth on the Penn State defense. As long as we're giving out defensive stats, Nebraska is first in the country in rush defense. Kind of narrow the scope a little bit. Rush defense. They've only allowed 1.83 yards per rush against them. Very good. Miami's right behind them at 1.92. Utah and Air Force round out the top four across the country in that statistic. It's very, very impressive. Speaking of Nebraska, again, I, I am still curious uh, about what they're going to do at quarterback when Jeff Sims is healthy. Heinrich Harburg is really coming on strong on this uh, on this job as QB1. He ran for 157 yards and a touchdown and a win over Louisiana Tech this past weekend. And the offense seems to be gelling right behind him pretty well. And also, uh, kudos to Anthony Grant. You talk about next man up. Gabe Urban, their starting running back, out for the season. Uh, Ramir Johnson, injured. They're gone, both of them. And so Anthony Grant has been stepping up. Had a really nice game this weekend as well. And with Harburg and Grant, bulk of the Huskers offense, and of note, the Huskers offense uh, had four runs of at least 30 yards in this game this past weekend. It finished with 312 yards on the ground and over 419 yards of total offense. That's a pretty good day. So, yeah, it'd be pretty hard to remove Harburg from the QB1 at this point if you're Matt Rule, I would think. But we'll see. 
he may have loyalty or he may feel differently or look, coaches know they're at practice every day. They, they know, but um, Nebraska has after the zero and two start, they're now two and two. They got Michigan next, but they're at home though. It's a Memorial stadium. Speaking of quarterbacks, I mentioned earlier how Iowa's next opponent is Michigan state and things are not great for the Spartans. There are even some rumblings that uh, about Noah Kim at quarterback who started the Mel Tucker named him the starter right before the first game. Of course, Mel Tucker's not there. Too many turnovers, too many points left on the field. Plus he got a little banged up against Maryland and Kate Hauser and Sam Levitt both saw action this past weekend. They both may see some more action moving forward. And frankly, the Michigan state receivers aren't doing the quarterbacks any favors at all. They do too many drops. Have you seen them? Lots of drops, lots of drops, but they play on an Iowa team that we just laid out an entire case that uh, is pretty anemic on offense. So this is going to be a, an important game for both Iowa and Michigan state. And the game, as I mentioned earlier, is at Kinnick stadium. That's going to be tough for Michigan state. So there may be a lot going wrong for Iowa right now, but they come back home. The defense is still good. And they're taking on a Michigan State team that is having a big time problem from you know the Mel Tucker situation on down. And now quarterback play hasn't been great. Receiver play hasn't been great. Going into a tough place to play in that crowd at Kinnick Stadium. It's looking pretty gloomy for Michigan State. What do you think? Hit me up on uh, Twitter at Talk Big Ten or here on YouTube with more of your comments. Also, speaking of Michigan State, depending on whenever you typically consume this podcast, and by the way, when you do, thank you. Some of you get it first, check it out first thing in the morning. Some save it for later, whatever the case may be, maybe the next day, whatever. Um, but September 26th, that is the last day that Mel Tucker and his attorneys uh, have to formally respond the last week's termination letter from the university for alleged inappropriate behavior. And then by the way, his title nine hearing is scheduled for early October during the team's buy. So that's coming up. That's right around the corner, but two separate issues. Um, but yeah, we may, there may be some more news out of East Lansing this week. Uh, again, depending on whenever you consume this also, while I have you here, I want to thank you for making lockdown big 10, your first listen every day. You know, we always appreciate that. We never take that for granted. And during the football season, a little reminder that on Fridays on this Lockdown channel, Lockdown Big Ten, and all the Lockdown College channels for that matter, we have a special show that uh, uh, Lockdown College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I'm on it. I always check in for a couple minutes to talk about what we've discussed throughout the week and have been a preview for the weekend games. It's a pretty good show. I like it. Uh, but it's always there on the channel. It comes out every Friday, so you don't want to miss it. In the meantime, I'm going to always ask you guys to, to subscribe. If you watch on YouTube or wherever you are, uh, subscribe, share, and follow. And by the way, thank you. One of you, maybe it was you, on Monday, hit the button and put us over 3,500. That is a goal that we've all been uh, striving for. Those of you that have already subscribed and are in the uh, Big Ten Club here, I started out in late June with uh, 1,200 subscribers when I inherited the channel. We're up to 3,500. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So in the meantime, subscribe, uh, share, follow, like Lockdown Big Ten. Continue to ask you to do all that. And, yeah, if you know somebody that's a Big Ten fan and it hasn't caught on to us yet, share us with them, will you? Please let them know about uh, us. 
Uh, coming up, we're going to take a look at our Tuesday tweets and have some fun. I've been out there. We'll see if you guys made the cut. I know a lot of you out there on Twitter. We'll check it all out on Lockdown Big Ten. I want to tell you about DoorDash. You know, maybe you just ran out of just one item. Maybe one item like, I don't know, coffee creamer, right? Couldn't top it off. Or uh, maybe some syrup for the pancakes. And you don't want to make a big old list and big old trip to the grocery store. DoorDash grocery delivery solves all your problems right when you need it. You got to love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery right to your right to your door. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order, and you'll get exactly what you ordered or will make it right. So just sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And um, also, if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. So here's what you need to do. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so I always like to have fun on Tuesdays with something we call Tuesday Tweets. I will put them up here on the screen for those of you watching on video, those of you on audio only. I'll try and describe them to the best of my ability. Let's put them up here. Tuesday Tweets. I've got a picture here from uh, Wolverine Chronicle. It is a picture of Lou Holtz, kind of slumped down in a chair, and Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, fresh off his win against Notre Dame. And... You know the story, right? So before the game, Lou Holtz was on TV doing a little analysis work. And then he kind of called out, kind of, he called out Ryan Day and Ohio State, said they weren't tough and that they always lose the big games to the big, strong teams like the Alabamas and Michigan and Georgias. Anyway, Ryan Day had just won what was arguably the biggest win of his career at Ohio State. And this is like two minutes after the game of the postgame interview on national TV. And he immediately calls out 86-year-old Lou Holtz. I mean, the guy needs help to stand. And he was a, he's a tiny man to begin with. Well, here's what Wolverine Chronicles says. He says, good morning. I've been thinking about this all night, and I've uh, finally come to the conclusion that 86-year-old Lou Holtz would 100% knock out Ryan Day in a fight. Dude is soft. Come on. Now, that's from a Michigan fan, so don't get mad at me if you're a Buckeye fan. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was from Wolverine Chronicles. Don't worry. I've got some Ohio State tweets here. Here, as a matter of fact, at uh, Menace to Sports, Ohio State versus Notre Dame, instant classic. It absolutely was. This is the overhead shot of the goal line uh, as the winning touchdown is happening. And it asks, what range of emotions did you go through during the final eight minutes of this ballgame? And here in the final play, of course, as you can see, if you're watching on video, only 10 players on the field for Notre Dame. And apparently, it was the last two plays. Only Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, got to call you out at Notre Dame. You got to have 11 men on the field at the goal line. When the game is on the line, 
Uh, let's see here. Here is from at Lake Kick Josh. Penn State ran 64 more plays than Iowa yesterday. That is a box score abomination. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. Moving on, here is a picture of uh, Penn State Drew Aller from at PFF College. And it has his stats, which have been very impressive. 67% completion rate, 903 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. Yep. Pretty good. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Now, here's a picture of Sam Hartman. Looks like he's praying. Nice beard, though. Got to give it to him. Uh, the quarterback at Notre Dame. And this is from at uh, Buckeye Page. Says, man, I need someone who was at the game to tell me how quiet Notre Dame got after that touchdown. Yeah, that was a raucous crowd. Notre Dame goes in, or uh, Ohio State slams it in with one second to go, and that was the camera shot of Sam Hartman on the sideline. Here is from at Chad Lestacow. It is a picture of Iowa having some problems against Penn State. Iowa wakes up today with the 131st FBS offense out of 133 teams. On a worse pace than last year, the player personnel has changed. The results are very familiar. That's kind of the case we laid out in the first portion of this podcast here today. I'm sure a lot of you agree with that. Here is a picture from at uh, College Football Stop. Week four, best running back duo in the Big Ten. Check in, wanting comments on it, and um, makes a good case. Ohio State. Travion Henderson, 6.7 yards per carry and five touchdowns. And Chip uh, Trayon, 5.8 and two touchdowns. Michigan's Blake Corum at 6.1 per carry and eight touchdowns. Donovan Edwards, 3.3 per carry and zero touchdowns. I, th I thought he'd have a bigger year. Penn State, Katron Allen at 4.4 per carry and two touchdowns. And Nicholas Singleton at 3.8 yards per carry and five touchdowns. Who is the best so far? Based on the numbers here. It is either Blake Corum or it is uh, Travion Henderson, right? Both having excellent, excellent years so far. And uh, I found this one uh, last week, forgot to put it in. It is, uh, is from at Michigan State content, and it is a superimposed picture of Coach Prime, Deion Sanders in Michigan State coaching gear. Just throwing it out there. We're going to do a podcast at some point trying to figure out who we think will be the next permanent head coach for Michigan State. Maybe he's already there. We'll find out. But anyway, that is a, another edition of Tuesday Tweets. Glad you were able to check that out with me. That's always a lot of fun. Again, tweet out at me. Maybe your tweet will make the cut next week. We do it every single Tuesday. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. And you every day is our next show. Uh, we're going to take a look, kind of turn the corner and start looking into the next weekend's matchups. A couple of great matchups in the Big Ten I want to get to. Many ways for you to interact with me on Twitter at TalkBig10. You see the crawl on the bottom, our new website, TalkBig10.com. That's all with the number 10. And also, you can uh, hit me up with comments here on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Keep that coming. I love it. Thank you very much. And follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it is available each and every day. We uh, schedule these for release early in the morning, every morning. And now I invite you to check out Locked On Sports Today, their podcast for the latest on everything else going on in sports. In the meantime, I wish you a very good day. I thank you again for spending some time with us, and we will talk to you next time on Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Sheeman.